I want to welcome everyone to this week's episode of SalesCast. It is great to be back after about a month-long hiatus while we were preparing to launch our new marketing portal and our brand new marketing materials. Today and all month long, we're going to be focusing on automotive dealerships. And today we're going to be talking about how one advisor made over $10,000 in commissions off of just one regular size automotive dealership. Before that, we have a few questions from the field, and we're going to start with a few stories from advisors that just received their marketing kits this week. Hi, Ryan. It's Andy from Maryland. Just wanted to thank you and your entire GMG team for putting together this uh, amazing marketing material. When I received it last week, I was like a kid on my birthday opening it up. It really it just looks great, has just the right amount of information, not sharing too much, but piquing clients' interest. Uh, I've already handed a couple out, and I can't wait to see the results. Thank you so much for all the hard work. Hi, this is Robert in New York. Just wanted to share a quick comment back uh, with regards to the new marketing materials. I met with a uh, client, almost had a bit of a difficulty with the meeting, but uh, it actually turned out very well. And one of the comments that were made is that they, they thought that the new marketing materials were very professionally done, um, appreciated the size, the, the inserts, and so on, and uh, um, felt it would make it easier in terms of explaining it to other people rather than slipping through pages of a written document. They could pull out the inserts that they wanted to focus on. So just kudos to the, to the marketing team in pulling that stuff together. It should make every advisor's job a lot easier. Thanks. Well, Robert, Andy, thank you for the kind words. And for everyone that emailed in, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate those. Jeremy, this has been just amazing feedback this yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's really been a cool week. We were able to get all the materials out. Everybody opened their boxes. And this is just a, a small sample of, of a lot of the positive feedback we received. Yeah. So, Jeremy, last, uh, I, I guess just a few days ago on Monday, um, uh, Monday of last week as of when this will broadcast, but uh, so just a few days ago we launched the portal, um, launched it with uh, quite a few people, and so talk a little bit about that. I mean, the response has been great, but we're already seeing some business start to roll in off of the marketing kits. Yeah, you know, we've had, had nothing but positive uh, feedback from the portal. I think this is kind of what people have been hoping for and asking for for years, so uh, being able to deliver it and to deliver it to the level that we have, I, I think it's really exciting. We've had a lot of feedback, and as we've always talked about, the whole point of all of these materials, whether it's the marketing materials, the portal, the coaching, the training, whatever, it's all to get more business and more deals. And how cool is it that the first week we launch, we already have multiple deals rolling in? Yeah. And, in fact, we just had our first advisor submit a voucher in, right? Yeah, the, the, the voucher for their free marketing kit has already been redeemed in the week that it was received. <laughs> how, how cool is that? So so congratulations to, to Neil, who was yeah. able to, uh, to redeem his voucher, get his marketing kit absolutely free because we have a closed cost seg already for yeah. it. Also, congratulations to Jeff. I think uh, Jeff got his kit on Friday, went on his first appointment on Monday, and got a signed deal right then. And I guess uh, the, the gentleman who signed the contract was actually an attorney. So, you know, nothing like a great check on go. our contract. <laughs> no. Yeah, there you go. It passed the, if it passed an attorney's eyes, then I think we're pretty good. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, before we jump into our main topic of automotive today, um, we have three advisor questions. So let's go to those now. Hi, this is Robert in New York. Just a quick question. Um, met recently with a prospect who had operations both in um, the States and in Canada. It's interested to know uh, precisely what we could tell them with regard to their Canadian operations in terms of any uh, 
equivalents to a tax incentive, property tax, and, and so on services. So be interested in the comments back. Thank you. Well, thanks, Robert. Um, Jeremy, do you want to be the technical guy on this one or the just get assigned guy on this one? I'll be the technical guy. I can, I'll, I can I'll handle be, that part. I'll be the just get assigned guy then. All right. Who goes first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. So, Robert, uh, to answer this question, it's it's a good question. And, you know, we get a lot of things like this. We've, uh, for some reason, we, we've gotten a, a small bunch of wineries all of a sudden. Um, you know, they've started to come in. And, you know, so people submit questions like, you know, are there programs available in Canada? Do wineries qualify? Do You know, just anything technical in nature. And the one thing that I'll always just come back and embrace is that, you know, we really don't know until we talk to a client. This is what the app is for. It's to identify, are there good activities? Is this a good candidate really just for an initial look? Once we have that, you want to break out that marketing kit, you know, get that duplicate contract signed and set up the call. And um, from there, you know, Jeremy, let's talk a little bit, because there are some programs in Canada yeah, that we can look at. And, and really the answer to the question is yes, there are programs available. Let's get this signed. Let's get a, a, a call set up and, and go from there. But, yes, there are specific credits that we can work on. Typically it's the R&D credit in Canada. It's called the SRED, and that's something that we do have access to. We, we have the ability to do an R&D credit basically for a Canadian manufacturer, or designer, developer, type company. The credit's a little different than the U.S. version, but it, it's kind of the same concept. So if you have somebody that is a has a Canadian operation and they do some sort of manufacturing, development, research, testing, things of that nature, absolutely, let's get them signed up. We, we can find some programs for them. You know, I think when it comes to that program in particular, it's almost flip-flop from the U.S. I mean, in the U.S., you find a very small number of people that have even never heard of the R&D credit, let alone have an understanding of how it applies to them. Um, in Canada, you know, it's kind of the opposite. They have a high capture rate, mm-hmm. but, you know, not a lot of people are, are doing it right. Um, you know, and so what you typically find in a case like this is if they're a U.S.-based company that have operations in Canada, there's a good chance they're not taking it. If they're a Canadian-based firm that has operations in the United States, you're going to find the opposite. Yeah. Maybe they're already taking advantage of, you know, the SRED, but they're not taking advantage of, you know, Section 41 in the U.S. So, again, really, Jeremy, just comes yeah. down to get assigned, turn it in, let's and, take a look. And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. Let's not try to answer too many questions. Clients are always going to have a question, and as soon as you start to try to answer that question, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. So when if a client says, well, what if this? And almost after they say what if or is there a program available for blank, uh, that's the time to start going into I need to get an agreement sign mode. I need to set, yep. off an, set up an intro call mode because whatever that question is, as soon as you start answering it, now we're playing catch up. And they're going to expect an answer before they sign anything if you position it that way. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the next question, Jeremy. Hello, this is Ken Sprague. I'm in Arizona. And I have a question on the uh, commercial uh, property PASEC fees for all, um, excuse me, the fees are 10% of identified benefit. I keep getting questions from the CPA. How do we measure that? Is it uh, the first year benefit? Is it the discounted cash flow of the uh, benefit over a period of time? Uh, I need a short, simple answer. Thank you. All right, Ken. Well, I appreciate the question, and um, there there isn't really a short, simple answer, but we'll uh, do our best to to go into it. So, 
you know, what it states is that um, we're going to do a flat project fee because that is actually how we charge. Um, we don't charge 10%. What the 10% is, is it's a protection for the clients, a guarantee that we're not going to go over that. Now let's talk about uh, what that looks like in, a, in an appointment setting because that's really where the question is founded out of. And the first part is, you know, just using the app. And, you know, if we were using the app on a building from, say, uh, you know, I think 2003, that was $5 million, uh, you know, it'd be $370,000 as an example. What we're not saying at that moment is that the fee is going to be $37,000. We're not, right. yeah. you know, we're, we're not there yet. What we're saying is that all we're saying when we run an app calculation is that we believe this is worth a look. That's what the app is designed to do. That's what the calculation is designed to do. I can tell you that the app is often going to come up with maybe a conservative number or vice versa. It could come up with a, a large number, but then maybe there's a reason that there's no benefit at all. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And the app is providing an estimate. Our fee cap is basically, as Ryan said, 10% is a not-to-exceed number. It's not a 10% is your fee. It's a project fee not to exceed 10%. So in this example, if there's a $370,000 benefit from the app, you're telling the client your fee will not exceed 37000 So now we've ran the calculation in the app. We've simply identified that this is worth a look, and that's when we want them to sign our analysis agreement. And, uh, you know, giving us permission to look deeper. At that point, we're going to collect depreciation schedules. Um, we're going to have a conversation with the CPA about effective tax rate. Uh, just a whole number of utilization, a whole number of factors. And, Jeremy, let's then talk about, because this is a very complex process, how you get to quote the real number with the CPA's help. Yeah, well, obviously we have to do a, a little bit of digging. One, one document, the, de the depreciation schedule is going to help. But we, if we don't know their tax rate, uh, we're, we don't know what their benefit because the, the benefit is completely tied to their tax rate, and that's one of the things that the CPA is going to help us with. The reality and the way to answer this question, when, because this question is regarding a CPA asking about how we charge, that is a question that comes up on the kickoff call. Yeah, it, because, again, keep in mind, so you've got effective tax rate. You also have what Jeremy, you always refer to as the guts of the building. There's a totally different number you're going to come up with, even looking depreciation schedule to depreciation schedule, apples to apples. You take one building that uh, we had one recently that they called Retail Plaza, but I remember once we looked at it, uh, I mean, only like 20% of it was built out, and the rest of it was more what we would call warehouse, even though it wasn't technically. Now, a building like that, you know, no guts, no glory. We often talk about that. The more guts... The more uh, you know, the more glory there. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to find out as I'm as I'm talking to the client. And sometimes I don't even know all the details until the kickoff call. That's just sometimes there's projects that are that are more complex. But again, from the crux of this question, we're not charging the client ten percent. So let's talk about what we are charging. Yeah. So let's say you do this review, Jeremy, and you find out that after looking, maybe there's. Four hundred eighty thousand dollars of benefit. The calculator said three seventy, but we found an extra renovation. It happened to be done in a bonus depreciation year. The building actually has one of its tenants as medical, so it's divided into four by four rooms. Uh, whatever the case is, there's lots of guts. Whatever it is, now you're at this real number with the CPA. 
that the CPA is comfortable with this number yeah. by this time. It's right? not the final number because we're not going to know the final number until the study is complete, but it's a lot better than the initial calculation from the app, which is just a generic uh basically a generic calculation this is now we've gotten specific and we i put together what we call a feasibility report and in that feasibility report it breaks down the first year benefit the five-year the 10-year npv etc with that we are coming back to the client with a fee and even then there's a lot of other factors one of which is you know the CPA's familiarity with cost segregation, uh, we like to work with them if it's a new CPA firm, on, on, and even all the way down, Jeremy, to what they paid for their last cost seg report. There's a, when it comes to pricing, that's a whole. Not, I mean, that's almost a whole other sales cast right there yeah. on, on how you price because there's many factors, including location, including time of the year, including the relationships we have with the CPA and or the client. Are there multiple buildings? Have we done a project for this client in the past? All of these are factors into the final price, which is why, again, it's not 10% of a number that we get on the app. That's just to guarantee them and to give them a comfortable uh, level there. I would wrap this question up by saying, again, our process is go out there, engage the client, have the client feel comfortable engaging us because we're putting a protection in place for them that our fees not going to exceed uh, one-tenth of that uh, of that identified benefit. So, great question. We appreciate it. Jeremy, let's go to the next one. Hello, Jeremy. This is Randy in Colorado. One of my sub-reps was talking to a CPA the other day, and he informed her that the CPAs can get trained to perform the accelerated cost segregation. Have you ever heard anything like this? And I'd like to know what I need to know to walk her through this so she's better prepared next time if she runs into this. Thank you very much. Once again, this is Randy in Colorado. All right, Randy, it's a really good question. And basically, are, are CPAs trained in engineering-based cost segregation? Well, the answer is really no. They can be trained in some of the estimated forms of cost segregation. If you go to the Audit Techniques Guide, you'll know that there's multiple ways to do cost seg. And the number one approved way is the engineering actual, which is what we do. And we're generally capturing between 20 and 40% of the building for acceleration. When a CPA goes in, they're going to do what's called a residual or an estimated approach, and they're generally going to be 5 to 10% at best because they are not breaking the building down from an engineering aspect. They are just using some estimated methods whereby they can give their client some type of benefit without having to go through a full-blown study. So the answer is yes. I've heard of this. Certain CPAs are, are, I guess, trained in this, but it's not something that, that comes up frequently, and it's not something you should be worried about. The response should always be Mr. CPA or Mr. Client, if you're a client of one of these CPAs, what type of what, what type of acceleration are they getting? How much in a percentage manner are they getting on this building? Is it 30 40%? If it is, they should be very worried from an audit perspective. If the CPA is classifying 30 40% of a building without doing an engineering study, they're putting their client at risk. So you shouldn't have to worry about that. What you're going to find is a CPA that gets 5 to 10% and says, yeah, that's probably good enough. And you know what? Maybe it is for certain clients with very small buildings. But when you get over, say, a million, two million, three million dollars, 
every little percentage point is a big number. Oh, yeah. And, and the more you can get, the better. What I always talk to people about is net benefit. Um, I just had a client. I'm going to switch to R&D for a minute. And um, they've been a client for, you know, probably seven, eight years. And um, last year they tried a different R&D firm um, that, that it kind of approached them on a fee basis, and they charged significantly less. And this is the question I asked. Uh, when, when it came back a time for renewal this year, is I said, so I imagine the only thing that really matters to you is how much you walked away with net, not how much my fee was. And they said, well, of course. And I said, so one of the things I want you to do is go look at the last year I did your study, take the gross amount I got you minus the amount I charged you. That was the amount you were left over with. I'd like you to do the same thing with that firm. And that firm, you know, was able to steal, uh, steal three or four of my clients. And I've heard the same thing from all of them. I got those clients back. Because, um, you know, they ended up with a lower net fee. And I would say the same thing. Let me take it to Costag now. Jeremy, you and I were sitting in a boardroom one time with a gentleman that builds post office buildings. And he was kind of bragging that, you know, he does Costag himself. He had an Excel sheet that he got from a Costag firm. And he did it himself. And and I said, well, I'll just have a question for you. You know, if you get yourself eighty thousand dollars and paid nothing for the for the study, does that give you more satisfaction than if I got you two hundred thousand and charged you, you know, fifteen thousand dollars for the study? And it was a long pause, and then you know, kind of the uh oh moment, you know. Um, and I think that's just the connection you have to make. Yeah, you have to make it down to net. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. And I couldn't even say it any better than that. Wow. What What is the client walking away with? That's really what it comes down to. And, and yes, a C, what happens is CPAs and clients are always thinking about saving money, right? I, I wanna. I don't want to pay fifteen, ten, twenty thousand yeah. dollars. They think they're losing money, but when you give them the value proposition that they're actually making more money by hiring a firm to do it, that they're paying more for. Their, their benefit is actually higher to do it. Absolutely. So those are great questions. And, uh, you know, for everyone on the, on the call here, if you want to be made famous in the SalesCast, uh, both of those were submitted through the app uh, just by opening the app and clicking share a story, ask a question. So you want to do that. Jimmy, let's jump into our main topic. And we're going to do something a little different today that we don't normally do. And normally we talk a lot about savings. In fact, on this call, We've been talking about examples of savings. Once in a while, we talk about fees um, because we're sharing success stories and things like that. Today, I want to talk about commission. And because we're talking about commission, I have to be a little more careful. I'm not going to share the advisor's name and and, uh, more of the details. But, you know, let's break this down. And first of all, before we jump in, i got to give a little bit of kudos here. So first of all, congratulations to uh, Shannon. Shannon, you know who you are out there. Um, You know, Shannon's a new advisor and submitted us in uh, someone off of what we call our warm market. And uh, it's a medical center. And this was, Shannon, I believe, either the first or the second client you ever put us in front of. And we got a check the other day. Yeah, and the project is already uh, started and underway. We'll have it done in just a few weeks. And obviously, we're really excited for Shannon. Uh, first deal, always good to get that first one under your belt. Now let's go get the second one. Absolutely. The second deal I want to talk about is uh, Cindy in Texas. Um, Cindy, we love you. Um, you know, you, you're you're one of our original advisors. Um, have been to I, I think two or three of our conferences. Um, had had the pleasure of uh, sharing a few meals with you over the years, and uh, you know we always appreciate the business. 
And, uh, you know, you want to talk a little bit about that because uh, we, we just got a deal in. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a new construction. It's actually a, a renovation where they, a, a client purchased a building and then gutted the entire thing. Again, perfect time to do a cost seg. Somebody gets a building, guts it, and now they're putting in all new uh, guts. And guess what? Qualifies for bonus depreciation. New guts is bonus depreciation in 2013. So the client is going to qualify for 50% bonus depreciation on this building. So, again, we're excited to do it. There's going to be a should be a six-figure benefit for the client in the first year, which is pretty nice when they just spend all this money on, yep. on building it out. They get a nice six-figure pop immediately. You know, and there we go. See, it's just our default, Jeremy, that you just said it, benefit to the client. Because this is how we're wired to work. We talk about this all the time, benefit to the client, benefit to the client, benefit to the client. But at the end of the day, Jeremy, you know, we've got hundreds of advisors right now that are listening to this. And let's just shift gears today. Let's talk about benefit to the advisor. We had a new deal just came in yesterday. Uh, by the way, all three of these cost segs I'm, I'm talking about, these are all just the examples from this week. Mm-hmm. These are just this week uh, cost segs. And so we got um, a new deal came in. And because I'm going to share commission numbers, Jeremy, and I'm going to go too in detail. So with this one, it's a dealership in Pennsylvania, four locations, over $10,000 in commission. I was just running the numbers roughly on my uh, you know my iPhone just, yeah. just to calculate it. And, you know... Jeremy, we've talked about this before when we talked about a million dollars in fees and different things on some of the webinars. I just can't imagine anything else you can do that you would go out there, you would talk to a dealership. Uh, in this case, this one came in you know, as a referral. Yeah. Um, but you know, dealerships, the reason I want to talk about this because the whole month of November, we're going to be focused on dealerships. Yeah. For those of you that are in the marketing portal, um, that's well, you're not in there yet, but they, they have mar- marketing portal access for the month of November. That have marketing kits, um, you know, that are on their way to you. We're going to be focusing the whole month of November on dealership. And what better timing that last night we get a payment again? I won't this time. We won't go into client savings. We won't go into fee. Yeah. Let's talk about commission, Jeremy, because you got a dealership yeah. in you know not this heavily populated area. I, I mean, you know, yeah. in middle America, four locations. We're not talking a skyscraper here. We're not talking about the whale. We're talking about the average. It's really, this is the average dealership. As most of you that are listening know, most auto dealers own multiple buildings. It's very rare, and even multiple brands. It's it's very rare that you have an auto dealer that owns one Chevy building in one location, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and this is another example. They own a few locations all in the same basic strip. So we're going to be able to, we gave them a great fee. I know we don't want, we're not talking about fees here, but we're able to give them a good fee because there's basically four different brands of their buildings in the same strip. So we're going to fly out once, do one day, visit all four facilities. But, yes, the the advisor is going to, basically receiving uh, $10,000-plus in commissions on one client. When we talk about the million dollars in fees that are coming in, uh, that's based on an average deal. And this, yeah. is, this is one deal that's basically double the average. And it's essentially, what, two months' worth of, of, of activity on yeah. one client. Yeah, going in and doing that. So let's talk about dealerships, Jeremy, because um, you know, everyone that, that ordered marketing kits and have those on the way, there's an ad slick in there 
that's automotive. And it talks about why automotive. And it gives three amazing case studies at the bottom with the pictures and how much we got the client and everything. Jeremy, what else? You know, kind of, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves, but in a few weeks from now, we're going to be coming out with some things. In addition to the printed materials that are coming out, what else are you and your team developing for automotive right now in terms of scripts and materials yeah. to make well, this? As we know, and we've said it before, every industry is a little unique in how you approach them. And it's important to do your homework and, and to know who are you approaching, who are the decision makers, how, how do dealerships operate, uh, what are Chevy dealers doing right now, what are Cadillacs doing, what's Ford doing. Uh, if you don't know that, it's going to come across when you approach them. You're going to approach them, and you're going to be kind of ignorant, and we know that, that that's not a good sales tactic is ignorance. Let's talk about Ford for a minute. If I was approaching you, Jeremy, and I'll, I'll be the advisor because I like being the advisor. Right. So, Jeremy, thanks for taking time to meet with me. And uh, so, you know, my name's Ryan, and, you know, I brought you some information on dealerships. These are some of the dealerships that we've worked with. <clears throat> and uh, I noticed that you guys did the new Ford renovation upgrade. Yeah, that that darn corporate made us do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of nice. I mean, I assume that you got to participate in the $750,000 matching program. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. why we did it. Okay. What most people don't know is that there was this matching program that you were eligible for, but then there are also some federal programs that are available, and on average for a property like this, um, in fact, I'll be able to give you some details as to what you qualify in forms of federal programs because, you know, Ford has these small programs that, you know, maybe they have you know, tens of millions of dollars available for dealerships, but as we see on the news, the federal government has hundreds of billions of dollars available for this industry. Um, you know, the, the bailout hasn't stopped for auto dealers or for any commercial property. And so what I'm here to do today is to learn about your renovation. I already know a little bit from my, uh, you know, reading up on, on Ford and how the renovations work and my experience in, in working with dealerships. But really what I want to look at is not the 750 that Ford paid for, but I want to look at how much you paid. So after the 750 Ford, because we're not counting that, how much was out of pocket for your dealership to do this renovation? Right at just under a million dollars. Just under a million. Okay. So based on that, you would qualify for an additional. Guys, do you see where we just made the connection for them? First of all, by a little bit of research that, you know, Jeremy's team has done on your behalf, um, you know, by a little bit of research, you get to walk in and have an intelligent conversation where they say, hey, this guy knows Ford. Yep. This lady knows Ford. Yep. And we have our testimonials, our case studies, all in the, you know, the marketing kits, and, and many of you are going to be getting those any day now uh, soon. Yeah, it's just we're doing everything we can to, to arm you, to equip you with what you need, the tools you need to be successful. And automotive, there's, there's many great industries to go after. With automotive, and the reason why we're, he we're focusing on it so heavily is that there are so many planned and forced renovations on these brands that you can't drive by dealerships anymore without seeing some type of renovation going on. Well, let me talk about why I think that is. And this is theory. Uh, i gotta got to put that disclaimer out there. It's always dangerous when I put this out there so definitively. Um, you know, brands like to keep up with image. And we all know what the automotive industry has looked like for the last five or six years. <clears throat> I got to imagine that if you're Ford and you've got, uh, you know, a bunch of franchisees out there, 
thousands and thousands of them. The last thing you're going to do in a down market is come and say, hey, we need you to put $3 million into your building. I know that you don't even have money for inventory right now, but we need you to put three. So what, what I believe has happened is that for many years, while the automotive was in its dip, um, that basically everyone stopped forcing renovations. And now that the automotive market is clearly back, talk to anyone in the industry, and they're, they're not hurting for sales these days. Things are back to normal, if not better. Um, now that that's going on, what you have is you have an insurgence of the major brands saying, hey, we haven't done, we're Cadillac, and we need to look good, and we haven't done an upgrade in six years. And they're going out there. But what they're doing is there's many incentive programs to, you know, hey, go put $3 million into a building, and we'll give you $400,000. Go put, yeah. you know, a million and a half into, or, you know, put $1.7 million, and we'll pay for 750000 that kind of thing. Yeah, corporate is doing their part. Uh, now it's time, I guess, for us to do our, do part. our part. Yeah, absolutely. And so it is a great time to be focused on automotive. Um, also, they're heading into a busy time of year. And this is good. They're thinking about sales. They're thinking that they're having a record year. And I want to talk about something I've been talking about since the summer, and that is the tax surprise of 2013 that I really believe is going to happen and is already happening. And that's that I probably, if I'm the average company, I've been reducing my federal liability or my prepayments over the course of years and in many cases eliminated it to provide myself more cash flow. And 2013, I believe, is going to be the surprise for many, many companies where they find out that they have dramatically underpaid and they are going to get, I believe, one of the largest tax bills of their life. And that is a good time for us because I can tell you that when someone's staring down the barrel of a few hundred thousand dollar tax bill, Jeremy, do you think they're asking questions about net present value? I don't think so. Are they asking <laughs> questions about, well, aren't I going to get this benefit in the long term yeah, anyways? Exactly. Not. All these worries go away. And this is where we see deals turning, you know, this time of year, sometimes in 24 hours. Yep. The, the medical building that we just did, I mean, you've had, this is a rare case, the CPA has been bugging us. Hey, the client send their check yet? Yep. Hey, the client send their check yet? And, you know, that's great when we've got the CPA going out and working on our behalf. So it's an exciting time of year. It's an exciting year. And I think, Jeremy, we talked about this before. You did a series uh, back in the summer about the stars aligning. Mm -hmm. And I think more than ever, that's continued yeah. to happen. Yeah, this, uh, and the stars aligning, the real the quick recap is with all everything Ryan has just said, uh, people are paying record amount of taxes. Tax. One thing you did talk about is corporate tax rates are not decreasing; uh, they're increasing. Uh, so this is just an opportunity to be able to provide uh, tax savings. It's yeah. just it, it doesn't get much better than this. Now we're coming into year end, so people are, are starting, as Ryan said, to see uh oh the damage is coming here uh, to our to our bottom line in a good way. It's nice to have profits. It's not nice to have to pay taxes on those profits. Uh, but really uh, now and through the end of the year and then the beginning of 2014 when they're actually prepping their tax work, now this is the time that they really need to talk to us. And it couldn't better intersect with the new version of our app just came out, iOS 7 uh, compatible. There'll be some new things that we roll out uh, with that. And then they're, you know, like you said, going to be getting marketing materials very soon here that have an automotive flyer in it. And then come that first Monday in November, Jamie, for everyone that's in the marketing portal, you're doing a training 
yeah. on automotive. Yeah, we're going to have an in-depth uh, session webinar on this exact topic and, and really how to maximize uh, your opportunity here in this market and that industry. So we talked about the training that's going to be provided, but Jeremy, what about the scripts and email templates and and things like that? Yeah, those things are all inclusive, so we're going to be going through exactly, well, like I said before, what to say, how to say it, who to pitch. Uh, But, you know, knowing who to pitch is one thing. Knowing what to say when you get there is something different. Uh, And then knowing how to follow up and what to say in your follow-up. So we're going to be providing those templates and those scripts and things of that nature. It's all part of of the uh, of the training we're excited about it now for those that are in the marketing portal we're going to be going even further and pulling the leads for them um, for those that aren't in the marketing portal that maybe they want to focus on automotive they want to get on this bandwagon you know uh, Jeremy I guess they would just you know go pull yeah. leads and start doing research do a little homework do some research go online uh, drive by your the dealerships that you see if you see some renovations walk in talk to the CFO yeah now if you have a question about automotive I want you to go into the app and click Share Story, Ask a Question. And we're going to be talking the next few weeks, ramping up to November, ramping up to this big automotive blitz is, I think, the best way to talk about it. If you have a question on automotive, I want you to log into the app. I want you to submit it in and uh, challenge us, you know, and uh, let's ask some good questions. So. Jimmy, great episode today. I am really looking forward to the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. 